Welcome to the Intelligent Equity Podcast. The mission of this podcast is simple, to help consumers understand residential mortgage lending and the concept behind building equity and living the American dream. Now, here's your host, Ryan Kiefer. Hey everybody, Ryan Kiefer here. Welcome to another edition of Intelligent Equity, your podcast about all things financial with a focus on real estate and mortgage. This week I have a special guest, a very good friend of mine and business partner, Mrs. Monica Darisel with Remax Preferred Group. Monica, welcome to the show. My pleasure to be Thank, with you today. Thanks for being here. Now, Monica, she might not brag on herself, but I'll brag on her. She's been <laughs> in the business, what, 15 years now? Yep. Top agent in the state of Ohio for Remax for the last seven years, I That's believe. That's correct. Getting, I had to schedule her this week because next week she's going to be down in Texas for the Top 100 Diamond Club something with Remax. Is That's that right? That's right. Very right. excited. Okay, so I I can brag on you if you won't. Uh, you know, thank you. Told you. Me beforehand. You didn't it. you didn't want to say any of that, but I'll say it. So again, thanks for being here. Let's um, dive in right away. Talk a little bit about the market. What's going on out there? Crazy crazy times. It's awesome market. Yeah. Great time to sell. It's a seller's market. So the biggest struggle we have in the market today, if we put your house on the market, you might end up homeless. It's right. very uh, difficult to find home uh, for you to move in. So a lot of sellers are saying, hey, let's find house first and mm-hmm. then list my. So the inventory extremely depleted. Mm-hmm. I had a listing appointment in Mason last night and between 350 and 400, you only have 15 houses to choose from. Wow. 10, 15 years ago, you would have 115 houses. Least, right now we yeah. have 15, you can run through them in three hours. And so extremely limited inventory. Uh, we listed uh, one house last week and seller called me and said, I don't think we can do it because there's nothing for us to find. Where are we going? So. Right. The seller's fear is we're going to sell, but we can't find anything. So a lot of people are holding from listing houses until we mm-hmm. find something. And because of that, we don't have enough inventory for buyers who are in apartments and have nothing to sell. So it's a domino effect. A lot of people are on hold until somebody mm-hmm. else moves. So a great time to sell if you want to make money and be inconvenient and move to apartment, call us. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, We had a couple buyers, that's a perfect example, Mm -hmm. that we bought houses two, three years ago. Uh, One one of our clients was in Westchester. We bought a house for 220. We called him, hey, market is hot. You want to try to make a few bucks? We sold his house for 270 and he moved in with parents. So if you want to struggle and go through inconvenience to move back with your parents or go rent for time being, this is perfect time to make some money, unload, and figure out where we're going next. But it's a challenge to sell because typical seller today makes money, but to turn around and find something that fits Mm -hmm. your budget, your area, your schools, and all the other things you had before in old house, that's challenging. Yeah, for sure. Now we've talked on here before how at least it used to be a little bit of a tale of two markets where, you know, to your point, that 200,000, 250 range, no inventory at all to speak of. But if you're a seller, a great time to sell. If the homes say four and 500,000 and up, is is that still the case or is it a little more inventory there? Uh, it's a different ball game. When we start pushing over that 500, mm-hmm. houses are sitting. Right now, the average day on the market is four to six months. So okay. you go to work, you talk to your coworker who sold $169,000 home in two hours, <laughs> and you go, how come my house is on the market for six months? Right. That tells your coworker you're in a different ballpark. Sure. Your house right. and my house don't yeah. don't compare apples to apples. So don't feel pressure by your coworkers or neighbors or friends saying my house sold in two hours because 
it comes down to price. So it's a seller's market. Everything is flying off the market, 350 and below, okay. quick sell. 350 to 500, little 30 days, average day on the market, and we go over 500 plus. You're looking four months yeah. plus. So, right. yeah. Okay. Million dollars, completely different ballgame. Oh, different ballgame yeah. altogether. Yeah, it's a completely different market. So, let's say, though, I guess it sounds like a, a takeaway could be that if we have somebody that has a house for 250 or 300, and if they're ready, say, because, well, part of it, interest rates have come down lately and are down a little bit unexpectedly, back near historical lows. So, that increases affordability for folks. So, for someone in a $300,000 house that maybe is ready to take the plunge and buy that half million dollar house. Maybe they want the in-ground pool or maybe they want the first floor master. The kids are teenagers now and they want to get them out of their hair or whatever. It sounds like that could be a good time for them because they could get top dollar probably on that 250 to 300 home and then probably get a pretty good deal if they're buying for a half a million or more. Well, it's how you want to position these buyers and sellers. Uh, in order to move to $500,000 price point, you have more leverage for negotiation if your house is sold mm -hmm. and there is no contingency. Absolutely. And contingency could be something as it's contingent on us closing, mm -hmm. even though you have contract. But if two buyers walk in $500,000 home and they both fall in love with you, if your house is sold and you unfortunately are living in an apartment for a few months because you sold and you took money, put it in a bank, and the other buyer's waiting for contingency to be sold or to close, you're the one who is going to get that $500,000 home. Sure. But yeah, the rates are so low, so it allows a lot of people to truly get the dream home right. because the rates are so low. And right. uh, homes 350 and below typically right now flying off the oh, market. Yeah. We can list them fast enough. Yeah, I mean, they go so fast. Yeah. It, it's just fun watching yeah. how fast these houses turn around. But like I said, on the other end, there's nothing. Right. So yeah. if you're here in Cincinnati and you have one of those homes and you've been thinking about selling, give Monica a call. Yeah, it sounds this like you is, get, this is the get time. top dollar right now. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're going into what traditionally has been a little slower time of year. You know, normally spring, summer are the busy, busier times for real estate. So what do you see going into the market this year? Because it doesn't feel like a normal market. I don't know that we're going to see you know, quite the slowdown that we have in years past. I don't think there is such a thing as a typical real estate. Right, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So what we see, we tell people, you know, there's time for everything. We typically slow down a little bit when kids go back to school in August because mm -hmm. people get so busy with the sure. back-to-school supply right. shopping. And then we hit September 15 and we're back, back to grinding. Back. So I don't see any slowdown. And even if the local market slows down, we see a lot of relocation people hitting Cincinnati mm -hmm. market because we have a lot of big companies, GE, Procter & Gamble, Cincinnati, mm -hmm. uh, Children's Hospital, and they're bringing the new employees typically starting new job January 1st. So the relocation client starts coming to Cincinnati November, December, January. So mm -hmm. that's inventory goes even further down because we celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas and normal right. seller doesn't want to be right. showing houses no. around Thanksgiving tables. So no, I don't think it's a bad time to list your house in November. Typically you get more money mm -hmm. because the relocation people don't nickel and dime you. Right. They don't have time to be flying from Boston every weekend. The to buyers are more serious if they're and out they're looking serious. at the house. Yeah. And they usually don't have contingency because the relocation company in Boston is taking over the house in Boston. So it's a clean cut, very motivated buyer. And 
uh, they come to buy. We yeah. call local buyers browsers. You know, right. they can be looking for two years yeah. and we look at 65 houses and if nothing is good enough, we keep looking versus somebody coming from Boston mm -hmm. in November sure. is on the mission to make it happen. So, right. yeah. Right. I don't Absolutely. think we're going to slow down, but uh, who knows? Future yeah. will show. Right, right. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's going to slow down either, especially with the lack of inventory out there. I think yeah. I feel like we saw a little bit of that this year. It was a little weird. Like normally the busiest closing months are May, June. Yeah. We had a really busy March this year where it was almost like everyone wanted to get a jump start on that spring market. Yeah. They were out looking early. They were out in February, right? You yeah. know, as soon as the sun started to come out again and temperatures went over 40 degrees, it was like they were out there looking. And it's just, it was crazy. We, we were putting offers in March before you saw yeah. the house. Oh, yeah. The house hit MLS. We had offer on it, and then we drove to the house. Because yeah. if you didn't have offer to the other agent's in, email inbox, by the time you made it to the house, it was over. Yeah. I mean, we were in so many multiple offer situations. It was, yeah, it was fun. Crazy. And it's still fun there. Yeah. I mean, 200 and below, you see a lot of multiple offers. Oh, you do. Yeah. You do. And so having pre-approval letter before you go oh, in, no absolutely. contingency. I mean, that's the role of the game. Right. You know, you want to position yourself to win that house because there's 10 other buyers just like you. Yeah. And so sellers looking at who is the most prepared buyer to deliver and make well, it happen. Well, that's a great point because, you know, sometimes you get into those multiple offer situations on, you know, those more starter home type price points. And sometimes the best offer isn't, or the, the best offer isn't the highest offer. Yes. It might be the one that's cleaner, doesn't have the contingencies, they don't have a house to sell, maybe the pre-approvals from a local lender who is known and not, you know, some internet lender out of California, nothing against the state of California, but you yeah. know what I mean. You know, you're going to look at all those as a seller and figure out which the cleanest one is, and it, and it might be $1,000 less than the other one that has, you know, some shakiness to it. Yeah, and we have seen a lot of people writing letters. Yes. Love letters. This is mm -hmm. why I love your house. Yeah. So it's a different approach approach to multiple offers, you have to think differently than all the other 10 buyers and go, what can I do differently to position myself to win mm -hmm. the house? Getting pre-approval letter, not asking for all the appliances, home warranty, and just kind of non-essential parts of the contract and having strong lender behind you. Difference going 5% versus 20%, oh, you know, sure. closing costs. I mean, right. a lot of buyers are cash poor and they mm -hmm. need help to pay closing costs. If you have a client who says, hey, forget closing costs, this is clean cut, you're going right. to get the house. Right, absolutely. And Those the closing cost varies between lenders. It's it amazing. Can. Yeah, it can vary. And it can vary between different loan programs too for for certain. So those are great, great tips and tricks there in a the current market. What's uh, Give us something wacky or crazy you've seen recently on a, on a deal or anything funny or... Oh, I can be here for next two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a quick one. <laughs> oh, which one was the latest and greatest? Um, I had a, I had a multiple offer. Well, I didn't. As the lender, I did on a million-dollar one the other day, and they wrote the love letters like you were saying. The the husband, the wife, the kids, they all wrote letters to the seller about why they love that house and why they want it. They did win. They they won the bid and everything, but that, that was something I hadn't heard of until recently, and that just happened this week. We had multiple offer situation. We wrote a letter, and then they found out that the seller and buyer went to high school together, uh, and we got okay. the house. There I mean, you, you know, the, the buyer came fr uh, from Columbus back to Cincinnati, and somehow... They Facebook each other yeah. and found out that they, you know, high school together. Sometimes it's who you know, right? Who you know. <laughs> so many times when we in multiple offer, you have to think outside of box. You don't offer number. You go, I'm going to give you $5,000 mm -hmm. more than the highest and best. And uh, escalation clause. You yeah. tell buyers, we're going to put offer before you see the house. If you're the first home 
buyer, mm -hmm. you go, we're going to buy $250,000 home without me seeing it, right? right. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. how we're going to get yeah. it. That's how we're going to do it. So it's yeah. thinking differently to make it happen. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, that becomes key online with the listings and those that have videos. I had another buyer a couple weeks ago who was coming in relocation, and they would only purchase a property if it had a video online because they were going to buy it sight unseen, but they wanted to at least get some sense of what the property was like. Oh, so absolutely. if it had photos only, they weren't going to buy it. You yeah, know? and a lot which of, was a new one to me. A again, lot of listings know? don't have photos uh, right away, and it hurts them mm -hmm. when you hit the market. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many funny stories around every listing. Some people underestimate what does it mean when the house doesn't smell brand new and fresh. We had a showing a few weeks ago, and the seller had fish for dinner, and so the feedback was the house was disgusting because nah. it smelled like fish. Right, right. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't clean. It was perfectly clean, but they just finished dinner, and showing happened at eight o'clock right after dinner, yeah. and the whole house had so the smell. So if you're a seller, eat cookies for dinner. Yes. You know, don't eat fish, right? That's funny. So all these things matter. You know yeah. what I mean? It's attention is in the details. Oh, absolutely. And that's when you go, okay, what can we do to position you to get the most dollars, sell your house in the shortest amount of time and be aggressive to get your new place sure. that you're gonna love. Absolutely, that is that is great advice. Well, thank you so much for being here. This uh, was definitely one of the more fun podcasts <laughs> we've had and interesting as I knew it would be. But uh, thanks again so much. Thank you for watching and for listening. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please, please do. I know there are a few of you out there who, who listen in or watch and haven't subscribed, so, so please do that. This has been Ryan Kiefer and another edition of Intelligent Equity. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Intelligent Equity Podcast with Ryan Kiefer. If you like what you heard, please share this podcast and hit subscribe to get notification of all new episodes.